Welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be discussing some free agency and off-season questions. I don't know why I'm pausing after every like phrase that I'm saying, but today <laughs> we'll be discussing some free agency and off-season questions um, for 2021 guys who could be traded, which we've got a couple of, and then mostly free agents where we think they could go, what their fantasy value could be. We'll also be introducing a new segment today. Um, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. And we'll be discussing some various, some content that we're going to be putting on our website soon as well. And of course, some news. And so it's going to be a lot of fun. First mm-hmm. episode after the way too early fantasy preview. Chris is still here. He hasn't gone and I'm, I'm here. still here. So, Chris, good to mm-hmm. have you. Yeah, Calvin, I think you're trembling with excitement. I think that's why you're pausing a little bit. Uh, I'm excited for this episode. We've got a lot of new things to introduce that Calvin and I have been, uh, we've been doing a big think. Yeah, we were just like talking and talking and talking before the show, and now we're finally recording. But we're <laughs> getting it out for you guys on Monday. And by the way, yes, on Monday, that's important because the shows, I think I said this last week, but we're going to be releasing episodes on Monday for the entire off season. And we'll be recording mm-hmm. on either Sunday or Saturday. Right now, we're recording on Sunday. So just so you know, we're very mm-hmm. updated about the news unless something crazy happens overnight. But you'll get your episodes Monday morning. You can look forward to it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to – I mean, it's not like we're trying to do anything different with the show. But we're trying to, like, sort of – I don't know. Between the th- content we're adding to the website and the new segment that we've got and just the sort of vibe around the show, we're just going to try to, like – it's not necessarily changing it, but it's more like enhancing it, enhancing the vibe around the show. And I think you'll see what I mean once I introduce the segment. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. And a lot of this was Chris's idea, and I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. So Chris should get Yeah, we made a bit of a few changes. I mean, it's a new offseason. We're always trying to improve the show for you guys. And uh, I'm excited. I, this new segment, uh, I, I think we kind of I'm, – I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of anxious to introduce it. So I think I am. It's called the two-minute drill. And uh, – Tom and I are really excited to do it. We finally figured out a way to uh, channel our our attitudes towards our very strong attitudes towards some players in and all the debates that we seem to have constantly on the show. We've put it into a segment, and then I think we're going to be releasing a poll so that you guys can actually vote on who you think won the debate. So yeah, now there's finally a reason to follow us on Twitter at SGF Pod, other than for like the new podcast episode is out Mm -hmm. every week. I'm in for updates about the show. So. Yeah, so check that out. It's going to be fun. Calvin and I are each going to be given one minute to debate something, and uh, we won't reveal the topic just yet, but we've got a fun one for this show. And then, of course, like I said, you guys can go in and vote for me since I will probably be the winner of the debate. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we might put, like, the topic on there and, like, say what people think. But, like, if you listen to the show, you'll know, like, who said what and stuff like that. You can follow us on Twitter at SGF Pod for updates mm-hmm. about the show in case we sometimes – it's not often we might have to release a show, for example, like a day late, but you'll know that if we you follow us on Twitter and then you can follow me at Calvin underscore SGF. Chris is at Chris underscore SGF. I'll probably be retweeting most of the stuff that's on the SGF mm-hmm. pod account. Yep. All right. And then the other thing. So Chris's idea was the two minute drill. And my idea was the content for the website. We're going to start making some rookie profiles. And before Mm -hmm. you dynasty people all get excited, I mean, you should be excited because this is kind of like 
it's not necessarily geared toward dynasty, but a lot of people have been playing dynasty. And while we're no, like, I mean, this isn't a dynasty show. This is a redraft show. We're still profiling the rookies ahead of the draft. And this can be really helpful for you dynasty folks to see who's actually good and who's not. And combine that with like their potential landing spots. Um, you, It'll be like, you'll know a lot of what you need to know for your rookie drafts in dynasty and <clears throat> excuse me, I've already finished a few profiles. Chris is working on some, once we've got like a decent amount, we'll publish them along with our in progress rankings. But yeah, mm-hmm. we basically got rookie profiles. It's not fantasy specific. It's more like we're profiling like the rookies for talent wise. And you can see like what we think of them. We're watching film for all of them. We're becoming film guys and we're going to watch film for all of these rookies. And you, we can tell you what we think. And it's like not only a good tool for redraft players who might want to know like how talented a player is coming into a system Mm -hmm. during the season for dynasty players. I mean, you're having like, I guess, does, do people have their rookie drafts now? I don't think that's very common. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I think, I don't think it's just yet. Yeah. No, I think it's once the players go to their teams and stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited. This is such a cool thing. Like Calvin and I have never, I mean, we're not full-on film junkies. Neither of us have played football, so we don't know everything. But we can definitely start to point out some common trends in what we're seeing in good wide receivers, bad wide receivers, and make some predictions. So if you guys (laughs) do do a rookie draft in Dynasty, by the time they're picked on their teams, we'll probably be able to give you guys some analysis on how their skill set, which we'll have studied, will fit into their team. And that should help you to make a good decision on whether or not to pick them up in your rookie draft. Yeah, I just laughed that you said wide receiver specifically, but I completely agree. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I do know everything. So you should just take my advice. Mm-hmm, definitely. Calvin knows everything. Guys, I mean, you realize a lot of these content creators, these content creators, they hide stuff behind a paywall. They go to like patreon.com slash dynasty guys. It's like, guys, this, this stuff is 100% free. You can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. It's not up there yet, but it will be. And I mean, not only it's like, I guess this isn't as much related to the show, but we're going to be profiling like the fantasy relevant players and you'll be able to see that. But we'll also be profiling offensive linemen and defensive players. And that's good for like, just our, that's, uh, those aren't going to be like specifically published. We'll be watching a lot of film on those guys, get more of a complete knowledge about the rookies for this year and um that'll help us as well for our live sports talk show second goal sports talk which is about all sports but a lot of football there as well um mm-hmm. so you can follow that on twitter at sg sports talk and find us with the link in the description mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah i mean i guess that's about it for the rookie profiles um and by the way i've really enjoyed watching film so far mm-hmm. calvin's so- calvin's on that zach wilson hype train we'll give you guys the some insight, but uh, I think Kevin and I, I haven't even watched Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. I haven't even watched their films. I haven't gotten to my quarterbacks left yet. I've mainly been focused on uh, wide receivers and I did one offensive lineman. But uh, other than that, I mean, I just think just from hearing what Calvin says, it just feels like Zach Wilson could be that guy. I just feel like his playmaking ability is top notch. And honestly, he definitely draws comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. Like that's what I think that's what you were saying. He just has that sort of playmaking ability that you could make any play. He can throw from different angles. He can fire it off fast. He can basically just, with a little flick of his arm, it seems like he can get it 60 yards, right, Calvin? 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. He doesn't put any effort into these throws. I was, like, literally, like, actually yelling and screaming. Not, like, too loud. Not to, like, wake up the whole neighborhood or anything. But I was, like, getting genuinely excited watching Zach Wilson just flick a pass 62 yards in the air. His arm is absolutely huge. And, I mean, this wasn't actually – like, let's just give you a taste of the profiles. If you're not convinced – here, listen to this profile. That's going to go up on the site. This wasn't actually planned. I didn't plan to do this, but like Chris brought it up or Chris and I both brought it up. I guess I brought it up and then Chris got into it. He has a huge arm. Absolutely huge. He's an accurate passer. Even on deep balls, he can just put the ball whenever he wants. Like he's got a golden arm and you say, okay, like Dwayne Haskins had a golden arm and look where that got him. Uh, he's also a smart football player. He's mobile. He's not afraid to run. He's got good pocket awareness. Maybe not as good as someone like Trevor Lawrence, but very good. He's can, he's both physical, but he's also, or he's mainly an elusive runner, but he's not afraid to go get it at the goal line. He's not afraid to be physical, not afraid to run into guys, even at 209 pounds, which is light for a quarterback of his type. And mm-hmm. I mean, his size, it's a slight limitation, not a huge limitation, but he's a, he's still a fantastic runner. He's fantastic at throwing on the run, which is something you can't really say about Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's one of the knocks on him that I saw on film. Gets the ball out pretty, relatively quickly. And I mean, sometimes he doesn't make, like his decision-making might be the biggest knock sometimes. And then his easy schedule in college or his easier schedule in college. But I mean, he can, a lot of times his arm just makes up for it. So I think Zach Wilson's going to be a stud. I have Wilson rated higher than Fields, or if I was making rankings, I would rank Wilson higher than Fields. I book it now. He's going to be a stud in the NFL. That's my, I don't know if it's even a bold take. It just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I really, I really like Zach Wilson too. I mean, I don't think he's at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is just such a polished quarterback. He's so okay. NFL ready. I think just from, I mean, just from what I've heard and just, I mean, just from watching his football games, just watching the, the uh the playoffs and stuff. He just is such a polished quarterback and he's so incredibly consistent. He makes solid decisions. He almost feels like he feels like a little bit of a, a blast from the past. You know, it seems like all these new quarterbacks coming in, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, they're all scramblers, improvisers, playmakers. Trevor Lawrence, while he can run and Calvin noted. Oh yeah, he can run. He's a physical runner. runner. Too. Yeah, he he's really a pocket passer and that's just I think a lot of teams are going to be excited about that. And I think the Jaguars are going to be happy because they do have a solid wide receiver core. I think they're going to be happy to start to build around him. Yeah. And then Lawrence is like, his pocket awareness is just absolutely Mm -hmm. fantastic. I just like, that's what makes me think he's like, he's more polished by far than anyone in this class. And the reason I have Wilson ahead of Fields is because while Fields has a lot of arm talent, his decision-making is more, it's more questionable than Wilson's in my opinion. And I mean, his awareness, like it's not, it's not as good as Zach Wilson's and Zach Wilson's arm talent is better in my opinion. But I mean, so I guess I shared my thoughts on Zach Wilson, but I mean, I know we're, this isn't the main part of the show, but I mean, to get people interested in the rookie profiles, Chris, do you want to give them like a peek at one of yours? Yeah, mine. I mean, I, I think I kind of have it memorized. Like one of my players I'm interested in is Elijah Moore and he's a guy that's projected to go in the second or third round. But I honestly think that I wouldn't mind someone taking him in the first. I don't think that he's going to be a top 15 draft pick. I don't even think he should be a top 20 draft pick. But he seems like he has a lot of talent. I think he's just his he's so technical. His footwork is so precise. Like I did some film on Devontae Smith and then I did some film on the deeper guy Elijah Moore. And I mean Devontae Smith's footwork isn't even close to the talent to the footwork that Elijah Moore has. It's really incredible. Everything he does is with chops. 
and that makes his route running. It makes it really tight, really crisp, and I think that's really good. A lot of NFL teams are going to be happy to see that. And when he gets the ball in his hand, oh, my goodness, you can just see that footwork kick in, and it's so hard to tackle him because he's so elusive. And he's not afraid to put his head down, too, and turn the corner or run up through a defender. So I really like him. Um, I think he needs a little bit of work on kind of finding those little holes in the defense and overall just beating his man, especially against press coverage. He's not physical as physical as I'd like him to be, and that kind of slows him down off the line. But, uh, I mean, he's definitely a talent that I think – with some improvement off the line against press coverage, he could be really talented. He could be, I mean, honestly, he, he could be a definitely a huge playmaker for a number of teams in the NFL. Yeah. So basically guys, this is like the, um, th- this is what our rookie profiles are kind of like. So you should go check them out once they're posted. I'll keep you posted on podcast website and on my Twitter, which I already mentioned. You can follow us there. And, I mean, that's just a sneak peek. We'll be doing them for all the fantasy-relevant positions. We'll also be doing them for offensive linemen and defensive players. So we'll probably be doing, like, some a mock draft. Well, we're going to be making our first-round mock drafts. And I already published my, uh, like, tentative top 10 on Twitter. I'll probably publish the entire thing on Twitter at some point. And then also we'll do like a mock draft before the draft on second goal sports talk. And we'll like, when we're talking about draft guys, we'll talk about those defenders that we watched. And we're going to be like, I mean, the Wilson, like Zach Wilson so far has been one of my favorite players to watch. Chris has loved watching Elijah Moore. We're going to be doing this for all positions, figuring out guys we like, guys we don't like. I think Justin Fields is going to bust. I I just think he's, it feels a lot like Dwayne Haskins in terms of just decision-making. And mm-hmm. while he's a talented player, I mean, I know I I know you're not supposed to judge like based on a school, but it's Ohio State. I know he was coached by Ryan Day and not Urban Meyer for the most part. But I mean, I just I don't really see if Fields gets stuck with like a battle line in his first year, because the other thing about him is that he just takes too way too long to get rid of the ball. If he gets stuck with a battle line, I mean, that could ruin his career if he gets sacked like 50 times in his first season. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, that was, I mean, I think that was off topic, what we were planning, but that was definitely worth it to sort of introduce the rookie profiles. Yeah. And they're going to be really interesting for you guys. And it's kind of, Calvin, I I mean, we'll be honest, we're not the most technical. Like I said earlier, none of of us have ever played football. We're teenagers, so we've never coached football teams. But I think it'll give you guys a nice insight to what kind of some basic knowledge. Like you don't need to know about every single time that Patrick Sertain, when he's guarding him, gives the defender, gives the wide receiver a fake jam so that he can so that he gives away his release, you know, like that's just one thing that I happen to know. And like, I'm not going to, that's not what everything's going to be. It's going to be the basic stuff that you need to know. That's going to really determine who ends up being a good player and, and just determining what they do best in their overall skill set. So I think that's what you guys will be getting the basic knowledge that you really need when determining what kind of players you want to look for in your rookie drafts and just to make the NFL draft more exciting. Hopefully it'll help you guys understand what picks may be good picks and what picks may be struggling a little bit. Yeah, for your team as well. I mean, because this is just for regular football. And I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it basic. I mean, I would say it's pretty in-depth. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. the main, but the main thing I think what you're trying to say is that it's like, it's more digestible. And it's mm-hmm. it's like, what it's not like in-depth stats, kind of in-depth, uh, a super crazy in-depth look at every snap from a player in the entire season. But it's scouting the traits that actually matter to determine whether they'll be good or not in the NFL. And that's, mm-hmm. it's just our project predictions. Yep. All right. Um, and I mean, I, I know what you meant. I think it's like, it, it is, it does look pretty like, you know, basic, but 
but it's like it's what you need it's the knowledge that you need mm-hmm. all right um so let's just do some news before we move into the two minute drill um, so the news is that the Eagles have talked to the Seahawks and the Colts about a potential Zach Ertz trade, according to Ed Kratz. I don't know if I'm saying that right, from Eagle Mayhem. So obviously, with the, we know the Eagles are trying to trade Carson Wentz. Um, the reports are that they haven't been offered a first-round pick yet. But, I mean, the Eagles have been talking about potentially trading Zach Ertz, which is a good move for them. I mean, he does have a pretty big contract, if I'm remembering correctly. And they've already got Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts didn't really like to throw to Carson or Zach Ertz that much last season. I mean, he did a little bit, but I think Ertz is not worth that contract right now in Philly. Yeah. I just agree with you here. I mean, though he's a really good player, he's just been lacking the past few seasons and we haven't seen, we thought he would. I really feel like, like you said, Calvin, the Eagles aren't in need of another tight end. Dallas Goddard is really talented. And I mean, I think there's, I think he's just going to be gone. He was, I remember seeing him, he was in tears at his last press conference after the Eagles were mm-hmm. uh, eliminated. Just upset because he, I think he sort of realized that it was his last year with the team. Dallas Goddard is the future of this team at the tight end position. And Jalen Hurts isn't a quarterback that needs two tight ends, you know. So I just, overall, I think he did real, a lot of good things for the Eagles with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. He was on that Super Bowl team, played a huge part in it. But I think that he he can be more valuable to a team somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he could definitely revitalize his career somewhere else. We know how good of a player he is. And I mean, in case you're here, like already hooked by our rookie profiles and our new segment and our passion for this podcast, <laughs> Chris predicted that Dallas Goddard would take over Zach Ertz's role. He said it was a possibility that Dallas Goddard, when nobody thought that, and I was scoffed at him, would take over Zach Ertz's role in the offense. I mean, this isn't supposed to be like a bragging show, but I mean, I was... Mm-hmm. I'm shouting out Chris. You know, when it comes up, I got I got to get my points here and there, some brownie points. Yeah, if I'm shouting him out, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like bragging. I'm just, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. All right, whatever. Uh, you should be listening. If you, you're a new listener, just keep listening. We really appreciate it. We're just trying to grow this show. And everything's free. Like, why would you pay for some yeah, like, random like, schmoes advice? You're getting this good of knowledge? I mean, think about it, guys. If you enter a 100, if you're in, like, some money fantasy football league, right? You can make a profit. You can make our profit. podcast is free. Yeah, you know so. Okay, I mean, and don't sue us if you lose money, but you know. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to two minute drill. The first two minute drill, and Chris, you thought of the idea, you thought of the topic for today, so you introduce it. Yeah. Uh, so our topic for today's two minute drill, and I'll get my timer ready on my I've phone got my now. Timer ready already. Oh, I'll, it's okay. Yeah. I'll time you, Calvin. Okay. but uh can Kenyon drake be a fantasy rb1 in the right situation with a new team so this is really a question of his talent i think and if he's if teams are going to be willing to make him a workhorse back right Mm -hmm. so So, who's going first i don't know you want to you want to flip a coin calvin uh (laughs) i'll put it i'll put a number behind my back here calvin and if you say it then you can go (laughs) then you get to pick which one you want okay okay i'll be honest one or two right Yep, one or two. Two. Nope, it was one. I will go ahead and go second, Galvin. You're up first. Oh, man. Okay, so tell me when you've started the timer. Yep. Ready? Three, two, one, go. All right, so I've got one minute to talk about Kenyon Drake, and I have been a Kenyon Drake 
hype guy throughout last year. But after this year, I don't think that Kenyon Drake can be a fantasy RB1 with a new team. First of all, I mean, he's never been a true workhorse in his career. Yes, he's been very efficient. He was very efficient with the Dolphins. Yes, Adam Gase held him back for a lot a while in that system. He was very efficient in the second half of the year uh, with the Cardinals. But I mean, Drake's efficiency like was down this year. I think it was about, I think it was exactly four yards per carry, if I remember it right, with the Cardinals. And he just wasn't the same guy that he used to be. He is a good pass catcher, but I mean, even when he wasn't, he wasn't really getting that many targets. But even when he, like, he wasn't, even in that role, like, he wasn't a true workhorse. He's never been a true workhorse. And because of that, I don't think teams are going to use him that way. He's 27 years old. He's got some mileage on his legs. I don't think he can be a fantasy RB1 with a new team. Like, top 12. Okay, that was fun. Okay, <laughs> I kind of yeah. went on, like, side tangents for a yep, used and your lot timer of time. has just run out. <laughs> Man. Okay, um, you want to get your timer ready for me? Yeah, sure. I, I, I didn't realize I'd used up 40 seconds just talking and going on side tangents. I'll work on it. This is the first time we've done this segment. Mm-hmm. It, it's really quick. I mean, I, I like, now I understand what, uh, what Mike Pence and Kamala Harris had to go through when they're giving their takes on the, <laughs> in the presidential debate. It's, it's tight. That's their their uh their takes are a little bit bigger than uh, I think our takes are, but it's tough. It's tough to compile all your ideas into a yeah. little tiny segment. That but comparison I'm to do came it. out of nowhere. Wow. Okay. All right. Your argument for why Kenyon Drake can be a fantasy RB one. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so here's why I think Kenyon Drake can be a fantasy RB one, despite <laughs> having Chase Edmonds, who took away numerous red zone touches. And was the primary receiver in that backfield, he still finished with, finished with over 1,000 scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns. Now, in the past seasons, we've seen that Kenyon Drake has gotten a long list of targets and receptions, but this year we saw a huge dip. Chase Edmonds really developed into a nice role. And also in that offense, it tends to not be as many short passes. They were lining Chase Edmonds up in the slot a lot more. And I think that that was hurting Kenyon Drake's rushing value. They didn't need him because they had a running quarterback in Kyler Murray. Now with a new team, we've seen the talent that he has. And I think in the right opportunity with a workhorse role where he can develop a nice passing catching game, especially in half PPR, he's going to be a really solid guy. He definitely is going to go for over 1,000 scrimmage yards. And with the right team, I could definitely see him going for 2,000. He had career highs in yards and uh, he had career high in touchdowns as well. He did a lot of good things. And especially towards the end of the season, I saw him start to take some runs. To, uh, Time's up. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, but Kenyon, wait, you think he could go for 2,000 scrimmage yards? I don't see why he couldn't. Actually, wow. maybe not 2,000, but at least 1,500. It's like we flipped places. <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast last year, last offseason, you would understand. I ranked Kenyon Drake ahead of Alvin Kamara in my preseason rankings. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, we and by totally the way, switched places. I'm now, I'm not giving up on Kenyon Drake. Galvin has totally given up on him. Yeah, I'm done. By the way, Kenyon Drake hasn't had more than 1,100 scrimmage yards in a season in his career. This was, this year he was his career high. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I mean, like I said, if he gets that passing attack going and if he gets involved in the passing game and he doesn't have someone like Chase Edmonds who was getting red zone carries and was lining up in the slot a lot as that kind of running back pass catcher think that he'll be good also i mean like i said i said all this kyler murray they don't need a pass catching back when they want to run they just run it out wide with kyler murray you know so okay but i don't think I, I don't think he can be with this is like i mean it's just 
is the main thing that made Kenyon Drake so good was efficiency. And then when we saw him actually get over 200 carries for the first time in this season, his efficiency dropped. And he's not, he's a good player, but he's not a game changing player. And you need to be a kind of a, you, you do have to be a game changing running back to be an RB1 in fantasy. Okay. Fair Unless enough. you get really lucky with injuries. Mm hmm. And we will let the listeners decide. The first two minutes, Joe, that was fun. I think that's a nice little debate, and uh, kind of interesting. It gets my juice flowing a little bit. Yeah, so we're going to um, post that on Twitter, at SGFpod. We spent a lot of time on this little new part of the show. It won't be like this usually. I mean, the main times we're going to be talking about, like, our rookie profiles will be, obviously, on the site where you can see it. And then, um, like, when it comes to our draft episodes, I think we're going to do positional previews for the draft since we're going to learn so much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. and again, a hundred percent free. Like, mm-hmm. make a profit. This is your new job. Just, I mean, if you say, okay, twenty-five dollar buy-in. Some quick calculations here. You join. Oh wait, but then you're not gonna be able to manage the lineups of a thousand fantasy leagues. <laughs> okay, okay, say, no, no, we're good, we're good. We don't need to talk about the profit. <laughs> okay, yeah, we don't need to talk making. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys understand the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, off-season questions. We're going to give, we got 19 players that we're going to talk about here. We're going to discuss what might happen in the offseason. And the first two guys are guys that are uh, on the trade block. And the first one, well, actually not technically on the trade block, but have trade rumors. Deshaun Watson. The Texans have said they're not going to trade him. Deshaun Watson has said he's going to sit out till traded. But, oh man. I mean, we got to explore all possibilities, Chris. Just, I mean, what are your thoughts on the possibilities for Deshaun Watson this offseason? Wow, they are just endless right now i mean i could see him going to half of the teams in the league right now i mean it's just crazy he the is giants so, he's so good but they're apparently teams have been calling the texans inquiring about Deshaun watson and they've been telling them that they're not interested in trading him and just hanging up right there that's the dumbest thing i've ever it's just heard crazy to me so they are still looking to hold on to him despite everything that's going on but i really think that their willingness to just let go of jj watt shows that they're really they're really starting to uh, – things are, are crumbling with the just in the Texans organization. I think that we'll find a, a team that is willing to give three or four first-round picks. And, I mean, the Texans are just going to realize they've got to give them up. There's, no, there's really no other way around him. It really stinks for them. It's just the best option right now. And, I mean, oh, the possibilities of how good he could be in fantasy, how good he could make other players in fantasy, it's going to be so exciting. He's definitely the biggest name to watch, not only, I think, for fantasy, but for the entire NFL. Yeah, I mean, the Texans are just such a mismanaged organization. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, I mean, the uh, it, it, I, th- I agree that Deshaun Watson could go to, like, a lot of different destinations. But, like, I don't, I would, if I were him, I wouldn't want to stay in Houston either. Let's be honest. And for those of you who don't know, I don't know why we're acting like every listener for this show is a new listener this for this episode. But for those of you who don't know... Chris is a Giants fan. So, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, do you think Deshaun Watson, there's a chance he goes to the Giants and supplants Daniel Jones? I, I really don't think there is. <laughs> That's what I thought you would say. To be quite honest, like, Daniel Jones hasn't been that great. I don't think teams are going to be willing to pay for him a lot. I'm definitely still, I definitely want them to hold on to Daniel Jones unless they're going to get someone like Deshaun Watson. But, um, I mean, I just think that Daniel Jones is – He's still a solid enough quarterback where we don't need to give up four first-round picks or three first-round picks and Daniel Jones just to get him. You know what I heard recently? I mean, I think I texted you this, but I don't know if you saw. People were saying – so Mel Kuyper 
said like he would take Daniel Jones over Justin Fields. And mm-hmm. everyone I... is just destroying him for this take that I completely agree with. I agree. When Daniel Jones, okay, and I sound like a Giants fan here. I'm not a Giants fan. Chris is the Giants fan, but Chris has educated me. When Daniel Jones started cutting down on his mistakes, he was a good quarterback. Then injuries hit, like his, I guess it was a hamstring or whatever. It hit. And he when he came back, he wasn't the same. He didn't really get to show his potential. He's a good quarterback. And Justin Fields, I just really don't like. So, I mean, I, Mel Kuyper, I, 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 people are all like, Mel Kuyper is like such a fraud. I can't believe this guy. Like, come on. He's been on ESPN for 30, like six years as a draft day analyst. This guy mm-hmm. knows what he's talking about. So if I've seen something about Daniel Jones that I like, and if I've seen something about Justin Fields that I don't like, and that makes me put Daniel Jones over Justin Fields and Mel Kuyper tells me I'm right. I think I'm right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you here. And Daniel Jones is really just a fumbling issue. He's one of the he can be <laughs> one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, he hits some really big throws that I haven't seen a lot of quarterbacks make. And I think that he can be really good. It's just about polishing. And right now, Daniel Jones is not a he's he's maybe at best an average NFL quarterback because he's so bad about fumbling. But towards the end of the season, we saw him. I I mean, I watch every single game. I saw him start <laughs> to throw the ball away. And you know, for some quarterbacks, that might be a bad thing. Daniel Jones, it's a good thing. He tried, he's tries too hard. He's a winner and he wants to get the ball. He wants to gain yards every single play where he needs to just realize risking taking a sack or fumbling is a bad thing. And he started to throw the ball away more when he needed to make smarter decisions. And then Daniel Jones has never been a, been a huge picks guy. I mean, he's, he's been about average, but I think again, that not needing to make a play on every single, every single down just really helped him because towards the end of the season, I think he went on like a four game stretch without a pick. And I think in that stretch, he had like one or two fumbles. So I think if he can start to keep his turnovers down and he gets some weapons in a, on a team, which receivers, I mean, I think they were like 30th or something, or at least bottom three in terms of yards of separation. If Evan Ingram can get some hands, you know, <laughs> Daniel Jones could be good. That's yeah, why I'm excited Evan for the Ingram Giants' possibility to... of drafting receivers. Evan Ingram needs to go in the black market to get some hands. I can't believe he made the Pro Bowl. I can't. This is mind-boggling yeah it's crazy it's just a popularity contest yeah that's i mean it's like the all nba all-star game except which one do you think is more of a popularity contest i think it might be about equal mm-hmm. uh well the nba all-star competition now lebron james and Giannis. it seems like pretty much every year they choose it so <laughs> oh yeah no it's like well i mean the fans account for like 50 percent media members 25 players 25 and then the like the captains pick but yeah every year it's like team lebron versus team Giannis. like can we get something different well no like- no they they changed it actually calvin so basically now team Gian- uh Giannis and uh and lebron they pick from a pool of players that are all-stars which is kind of cool well i know i mean that, that that's after the pool is selected mm-hmm. that's what i mean yeah but yeah i mean it's not Team LeBron and Team. I mean, it's not set. I don't think is it. Not, it's not set as Team LeBron and Team Giannis, but it, it feels yeah, it like is. it is. That's what it is. Really? Yeah, Wait, they changed like it two every years year. ago. Mm-hmm. Changed I thought I thought ago. they changed the captains each year. Yeah, they do change the team captains every year, but like for the oh, past two years. Oh, I thought the been... point you were trying to make is that it feels like it's LeBron and Giannis every year. Oh yeah, okay. We're we're both, well, it does. We're both arguing when we both have the same side here. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was kind of weird. We we went from Deshaun Watson to arguing about the NBA All Star Game. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to Carson Wentz, who's also 
potentially going to be traded. Apparently, the Colts offered two late second rounders for him. It's arguing with this Eagles fan on Twitter and saying that was a they should the Eagles should take that and run. And um, he did not agree. But I mean, I think they should for sure because why keep Carson Wentz's contract when Jalen Hurts is clearly it's the future is either clearly Jalen Hurts or somebody else. It's not Carson Wentz. It, Carson Wentz's relationship in Philly, it's, he, he can't be in Philly anymore. He's sick of Philly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak for Carson Wentz, but like, it's pretty clear that he's sick of Philly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, do you think, I mean, the Colts could be a destination. Do you think the Eagles come crawling back and then be like, please take him for two late seconds? Yeah, I think they do. And I think that's around what we'll see for that. Yeah, I mean, the Eagles want a first for him, but nobody's even sending a late first. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And then yep. la- last quarterback, Dak Prescott, uh, who is a free agent. And every day, um, Cowboys fans are like, this day is a good day to sign Dak Prescott. But it hasn't happened yet. And I think Dak Prescott resigns with Dallas. I've said this for months, which is kind of funny that it's been an issue for months. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't, where would he go? I'm trying I don't to think. Even know. I mean, there's so many options, but I think I'm going to stay on you here with the, the with Giants <laughs> on this side with you, Calvin. <laughs> Everything up to the Giants, but uh, I think he's staying. And that's really, I think there's not much of a question here. Jerry Jones realizes he's the future of this franchise and they can't give him up. Well, what's funny is that during when during the Cowboys' struggles last this year, Jerry Jones was asked who the team's best player was when they were like really struggling on offense after the Prescott injury. And he said Ezekiel Elliott. So, I mean, maybe he just – I think he just really loves Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, it's not a knock on Prescott, but, like, I wonder if Jerry Jones would just let him walk. Can you imagine? Yeah, I don't know. Dak and Deshaun on the market in the same year. Woo! Oh, man. This is going to be become – wouldn't it be cool if football became, like, the NBA where it's, like, Mahomes, Jackson, Allen, leave every year? Actually, I don't know if that'd be cool. No, I it, don't it, like that at all, actually. It's fun to an extent. Like, with Deshaun Watson, it's pretty fun. But, like mm-hmm. – yeah. I, I would want to see Mahomes and Allen and Lamar stay where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the top running back free agent, Aaron Jones, who is probably going to expect somewhere around $15 million a year. He's been one of the most efficient running backs during his years. And, I mean, he hasn't gotten the highest carry workload ever, which, I mean, is part of his efficiency, but he's also just a, an efficient runner, gets the maximum amount of yardage allowed on each play. I mean, <laughs> y- you know, like – very good, a very good running back, and uh, by far the top running back free agent. So I think Green Bay is a pretty likely destination for him to resign. But actually, I don't know if it's likely. I think it's definitely very plausible that he resigns with Green mm-hmm. Bay. I think Buffalo's been floated. I don't know. I think New York, the Jets, has been floated. I don't know. I mean, teams paying big money for a running back has proven not to really be the best like thing to do. But, I mean, if a team did it, I mean, I kind of like the Jets as a destination, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with you. All right. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think you think he's going to re-sign with Green Bay, right? Because you think A.J. Dillon's the future. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I still think it's definitely an option. I'll tell you this. Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones both aren't coming back. Wow. They're definitely going to I think Jamal Williams one. might. But, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're both gonna come back i think it's oh be- i thought you meant they both leaving for sure mm-hmm. yeah but i mean here's the thing i see it very pop of i think it could we could very possibly see maybe aj Dillon and jamal williams those two 
Yeah, I, I think that's or, I mean, honestly, they could go get a smaller known guy, like even someone like Todd Gurley. Like I said, he could be a really interesting option. Marlon Mack gets a nice lost. change of pace back. You know, there are a lot of different guys that I think could serve this nice role and as a compliment to AJ Dillon, because I don't think that you want to just thrust this massive workload on him in his second year when he really hasn't done that, didn't do that much last year. So yeah. I agree. But I mean, here, here's the thing. Let's be honest. I know I just wrote an article about Todd Gurley for Pro Football Mania, which is the website I write for now. You can like find their link in my bio, their Twitter handle, or their, it's at ProFootballMan1. Mm-hmm. But you can find that in my bio. But I wrote an article about Todd Gurley. And to be honest, like when I was writing, it's like, it, it occurred to me that like nobody's going to want Todd Gurley as their s- main starter. But I think as a backup, as a change of pace guy, he could actually end up being effective. And it's pretty clear that he is washed. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to go out of the league. He could be a change of pace guy in New England. He could maybe split carries in Pittsburgh. He could go to Green Bay and be a second, a one-two punch to A.J. Dillon, which is a kind of a, a humiliating well, I don't, I'm not humiliating, but a f- kind of funny demotion for someone who, like, was the fantasy RB1 just two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, I, I like the Packers maybe go, going to get Todd Gurley, but I think the best option, it's either get, re-sign Jamal Williams, keep A.J. Dillon, re-sign Todd Gurley, keep A.J. Dillon. Um, I mean, obviously, they're keeping A.J. Dillon. I don't, I don't know. It's not really a good option for the Packers to re-sign Aaron Jones, in my opinion, but I could still see it happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. I totally agree with you. All right. And Kenyon Drake, we already sort of talked about, but we didn't talk about destinations. And I actually wrote a Kenyon Drake destination article. And um, uh, some that I brought up were the Patriots, the Jets, the Packers, if Aaron Jones leaves. He's a more affordable guy. I wouldn't pay, like, I mean, his market share is probably around, like, I think Spot Track had it at like $8 million, $8.5 million maybe. I don't. I wouldn't pay him anything more, ten million or more. I think eight million or so a year is probably something reasonable for Kenyon Drake. But where do you think he would go, Chris? Uh, I mean, honestly, some options that I'm looking at are really teams without a good running back. So that could be a team like the Jets. That could be a team like. What teams don't have running backs? I'm trying to think. I'm kind of blanking here. Uh, I mean, the Packers. The Packers are an option, definitely. Yeah, I think that he could serve a nice one-two punch role. Maybe, the maybe Patriots. even a team like the Texans. I think you had them on your list, right? Um, I don't think I did. Our, I no, think I had, the, I had the Patriots, the Jets. I had the Dolphins. Although I said in the article, I didn't think that was on, that was very likely. I had the Packers. And uh, let me just pull up. I can. Just I think pull you had up. the Texans, and I and I like the Texans with David Johnson and Duke Johnson. I think they're going to slowly – I think that – I have the Drake... Texans for Gurley, not Drake. Oh, yeah, that's right. But, I mean, Drake could also go there. I don't see why he couldn't. And then Oh, and I had the Steelers mm-hmm. for Drake. Yeah, the Steelers are definitely op- an option there too. But, honestly, the most likely landing spot for me seems like the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually be... like – I like that a lot. And, sorry, just to clarify, I actually didn't have the Packers. I had the Steelers, and then I had the Cardinals as a re-sign. So, mm-hmm. just to clarify. But, oh, yeah, yeah definitely. And I th- definitely think he could end up signing with the Cardinals, too, if they want to keep that nice one-two punch of Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. But honestly, I think that they'd be much better off by getting drafting a rookie running back later in the draft and then sticking with Chase Edmonds. And then you could just have developed those two together, and I think that would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we've sort of been talking about, like, just the football implications of this. But I think we, uh, for fantasy football, 
we've got like um I think we, we, I guess we already sort of discussed Kenyon Drake but do you want to just discuss like I mean I think we already know Dak Prescott's status but we didn't really discuss Carson Wentz and Aaron Jones's fantasy status and I think we know Deshaun Watson will be elite wherever he goes so do you just want to discuss those before we move on sure okay so Carson Wentz I think if he went to like the Colts and he, they were able to revitalize him he could probably be his ce- absolute ceiling is probably a borderline QB1 I think he could mm-hmm. probably be more like a QB2 and I, I totally agree with you I don't think there's much to be said because he's not that talented but he's definitely a, a QB1 well he is talented I feel like he's just a terrible decision maker I mean, he showed he was talented during his 2017 year. At least somewhat, right? Yeah, I agree with you here. Sorry, I had okay. to go on mute for one second. That's why there's an awkward pause there. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, my I cousins see. are running around downstairs, so one interruption. I feel like I'm, I feel like one of those ESPN guys that you know, a kid's always walk in on there. I, I was so confused. Them. Where it's like Carson Wentz's 2017 season, he was talented, right? Chris and then you're like oh yes 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 I agree mm-hmm, yeah all right but yeah I think mid-tier QB2 might be a realistic expectation and then Aaron Jones he'll be good wherever he goes I've got him ranked as my uh, RB10 in fantasy right now number 13 overall I think if he resigns with the Packers he should be an RB1 again um or maybe he might like be more borderline because of AJ Dillon. I don't know. I guess he. I, the more that I think about it, the more that well, I, think I mean. He's not but here's what I said: the if they if they resign Aaron Jones, they're not re- resigning Jamal Williams, and then I think that AJ Dillon just slots slots into that nice Jamal Williams type role. So mm-hmm. honestly, I think he would still be an RB one if he resigns with the Packers. It's. I mean, this is if hypothetically they did resign Jamal Williams, which just seems stupid. Why would you resign both of them? You know, then then things would be different. Maybe he'd be bumped down to a uh, upper tier RB2, but for right now, I think in the situation he's in, re-signing with Green Bay would mean RB1 status. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think they should re-sign Williams and let Jones walk. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So yeah, we sort of went over it for fantasy. I realized this was just becoming like just football talk, so I wanted to mm-hmm. work some fantasy into it, which is fine, but like, you know, I mean, this is a mm-hmm. fantasy show. Leonard Fournette. Um, I think there's a good chance he re-signs with the Bucks after his Super Bowl victory. I, I, I am 100% in with him signing, re-signing with the Bucks. Okay. I mean, if he re-signs with the Bucks, it's just going to be so frustrating. You can't rely on him as an RB1 or an RB2. Probably, mm-hmm. He'll probably be drafted around the late, maybe mid to late I, RB3 yeah. range if I took a stab mm-hmm. at it. I def- Wait, Ronald Jones is still on contract, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, I think he's re-signing. It's just going to be a nice one-two punch. And then maybe once Ronald Jones becomes a free agent, then they go full on Leonard Fournette. The only other possibility, I think there's no way that they don't let, they don't, they don't bring Leonard Fournette back. The only possibility in my eyes is that they trade Ronald Jones, which I think a lot of teams would be happy to get him, but I really don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to stick with this nice kind of running back by committee that won them a super, you know, why not stick yeah. with it? And then for Leonard Fournette, his fantasy value, I think it stays around the same as it was last year. Definitely higher, or I think it stays kind of what we, what, I don't know if you and if anyone listening did like fan duel or anything. I think his value during the playoffs is kind of what we see going forward. I think he's going to be the number one, and he's going to get the majority of touchdowns. But I don't still don't think he's a super reliable option. I mean, I don't think he's going to. I don't know if he's going to be the number one because I mean he's not the same running back he used to be. And during the regular season, it really was. But that, that's Ronald what Jones. I'm saying. In the playoffs, he seemed like the running back that he used to be. I know, but it's it, well, kind of. I mean, he wasn't. I don't know. He, he, it's kind of weird because, I mean, he's still like a f- physical guy. He can hit holes, but he doesn't seem quite as 
I don't know if he seems like he has quite the burst. That's hard, kind of hard to tell. Maybe, maybe it was, it's, it was more hard to tell than anything else. But I, I still think Ronald Jones is the better running back, and I think Ronald Jones gets more carries. I mean, it's it's going to be very unpredictable. It's going to be a tough situation, is all I can say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and then uh, Todd Gurley, I, he's not fa- no fantasy value next year. I mean, you could draft him in as a late round, maybe handcuff, but don't draft him expecting him to become what he used to be. He's yeah, definitely. He's just not the same player. His knees are just letting him down a bit, which is really mm-hmm. sad because he was really talented, but uh, I don't think he's going to have a great fantasy value. And honestly, there are a lot of different teams that he could go to because there are a lot of different teams looking for the uh, running back, a veteran running back option. So, I mean, honestly, I don't think, I don't think you can really name a lot of possibilities. I mean, Calvin's article put down some big five, but really I feel like like I said, there are a lot of teams that will that will be at least somewhat interested in him. And, I mean, really on any of those teams, he's not going to have a workhorse role or anything. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's move on to wide receivers. Allen Robinson, my boy, one of my favorite wide receivers, is a free agent, and he can get out of the Chicago if he wants. I think there's actually a decent chance he re-signs with Chicago. People are saying he might go somewhere with Deshaun Watson. That's not happening. Uh, nobody's going to pay for that. But I think, um, oh, what were some destinations that were floated? Indianapolis, I would like that. I, I would definitely, for the target share. Vegas, eh, with Waller, I don't like that as much. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think LA, the Chargers are happening. But like, what what other teams like need a one? Maybe the Jets? Eh, I'm trying to think. I, I would like the Colts. Mm-hmm. With yeah, I'd agree Taylor. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know. Maybe the Giants too. <laughs> Maybe the Giants. It always goes back to the Giants. Darius Slayton's fantasy value is not going to be as good. I mean, honestly, the Giants I think are a top three contender for Allen Robinson. Oh, whoa! Because here's the thing: I scouted Jalen Waddle. I didn't love him. I don't know if the Giants are going to be willing to use a top pick on him when they're going to have ad rushers. Probably one of the options of Quiddy Pie or Gregory, uh, as Calvin would say, who's taking French class, or Calvin say his last name. You know it? Rousseau. Rousseau. Yeah, Rousseau. Thank you, Rousseau. Calvin, Mr. For taking French class. Uh, I think that he's a likely pick there. And honestly, I don't think they're going to be looking for wide receiver. Either all three are going to be gone, or they're going to be passing on Jalen Waddle. So, uh, you know, I think that Alan Robinson could, could be coming to Big Blue, and that would provide – Oh my! This <laughs> would be so good. Wait, he I'm... would be. Would he be a wide receiver one for fantasy in Big Blue? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely, one hundred percent. Chris is gonna be so hyped about Allen Robinson if he goes. To oh the my Giants. goodness! I, it would be literally like the Giants would make my year if they signed Allen Robinson. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think I've think seen about this, Calvin Daniel Jones. If he can develop into a nice quarterback with a nice wide receiver, then you have Allen Robinson, and then you have Saquon Barkley. Behind a developing offensive line with Andrew Thomas, and then the defense that showed so many flashes of being really good. Oh man, the Giants! I mean, you have playmaker Evan Ingram too, right? Who, if (laughs) no hands, stone hands, Evan Ingram. I know, Mister Mister. It's like he's playing with you know Joe Judge had to play. I think I've already said this before, but Joe Judge he makes cornerbacks practice with tennis balls on their hands so they can't hold people, right? Evan Ingram forgot to take the tennis balls. Yeah, Evan Ingram forgot to take his off. (laughs) So, uh. You know, I think that there are a lot of things that could go right. Oh, my goodness. And listen to this. Alan Robinson, Evan Ingram, if Evan Ingram is playing well. 
Daniel Jones, if he can fix his fumbling and interception issues, <laughs> the and Saquon Barkley behind an offensive line that has definitely grown. New York Wait. Giants. Well, I, who also, knows as far as saying that the that the Giants are oh, no. are playoff destined if they sign Allen Robinson, <laughs> you'll go as far as saying they're going to make it to the Super Bowl if they sign Allen Robinson. I will not go that far. Okay. I don't want to. Don't, don't, don't want to get my hopes up. Here's what's going to happen: the football team's going to trade for Deshaun Watson. The Giants are going to sign uh, Allen Robinson, and suddenly the NFC least will actually be NFC beast. Or no, and then Prescott comes back. And then Jalen Hurts develops into the guy they wanted to see. NFC East, best division in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> That'd be yeah that's actually crazy. The NFC East has a lot of potential. Yeah, more potential than people think, Mr. Giants fan. Mm-hmm. All right, Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay has a lot of the same destinations. Colts, Raiders, he could re-sign with the Lions. Maybe Allen Robinson goes to the Lions if the Lions don't get Galladay. But, I yeah, mean, but see, I think they'd re-sign Galladay instead of – getting, like, Allen Robinson, because, honestly, I think they'd love to go Devontae Smith and then re-sign Kenny Galladay or Marvin Jones, so I don't think they're going to be looking for Allen Robinson. All right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then... I, oh, go ahead. I, th- I think Gall... Well, if Galladay went to, like, the Colts, he's a really solid option, at least a solid wide receiver, too, probably. Um, that's probably about as high as he would get. I mean, if he resigns with the Lions, I don't know, with that quarterback situation. It's just a lot of the times the quarterback situation is so tough. If he, like, went so, if we went somewhere with Deshaun Watson, he'd be wide receiver one territory. But, like, so hard to predict, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. All right. So, Chris Godwin, I think there's a chance that Chris Godwin resigns. He's proven he's a good player. He could go get money elsewhere. I mean, the same destinations are kind of popping up. Let me just uh, – I'm going to pull up the salary camp tracker list of teams who can afford it. Colts could be an option. Raiders could be an option. Jaguars could be an option for some of these wide receivers. If Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson were with uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I th- I really like that a lot. I think that could – make a push for borderline wide receiver one territory. Mm-hmm. Sorry, repeat it. Uh, I think it like one of those three wide receivers we've mentioned with Trevor Lawrence could make a push for a borderline mm-hmm. wide receiver one territory. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. Trevor Lawrence, again, a nice pocket passing quarterback. One of those three options. Ooh, that could be good. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm looking at other teams that have cap space. The football team, um, the, uh, the Jaguars, um, the Jets – the Colts have a lot of cap space. The mm-hmm. Raiders have uh, not that much cap space, actually, but they have still been in talks. They might just try to make it work anyway because they need they desperately need receivers. Maybe the Bills to get a two with Stephon Diggs. That might be a def- destination for a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I, I mean, I agree with you there, definitely. And uh, let's, so let's talk about – I guess we can um, – run through these guys pretty quickly. I think Will Fuller, if he, <laughs> the one year Will Fuller stays healthy, it turns out he was taking PEDs. Yep. <laughs> so, so funny. But uh, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be an enticing option. He was, I forget what stat it was, but it was a really interesting stat and he was top three in it. Like, I think it might have been yards of Fantasy separation. Or... <laughs> I think he was for a while very close. I to think top... it was like yards of separation or something. So, People saying Deshaun Watson was struggling with wide receivers, maybe not so much. You know, I think he's a really talented guy, and he's going to be an interesting player to watch. The thing is, I think the Texans would re-sign him. I think they want to re-sign him, but I'm worried that he's not going to want to re-sign with them. That's the problem. 
yeah, I mean, he'll he'll get some interest elsewhere as well. I'm just looking. Oh, wait. So, Will Fuller, I guess, why is he? Oh, he's ranked actually lower than I thought he was. Hold on. Oh, okay. I thought he he did had a, actually a really good start in fantasy for a while there. And, I mean, he's a talented player. He just cannot stay healthy. So, I would probably be generally avoiding him in fantasy. I mean, he's probably better in, like, a best ball league or something. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think he – I don't think he can re-sign with Houston at this point. I think he's mm-hmm. just going to have yeah. to get a fresh start somewhere else. Yep. Marvin Jones is one of the more underrated wide receivers in football. I think he goes back to Detroit. If not, I yes, I see. I am so honest with you, Calvin. I think they draft a wide receiver and they stick with Marvin Jones as a, at their core, and that is a dynamic duo. Like, yeah, I like it. Like, I don't throw out the dynamic duo a lot, but this definitely. <laughs> With Marvin Jones, you throw it out. Mm-hmm. Marvin Jones is so underrated. And I think that he was being overshadowed by Kenny Galladay. With that true wide receiver one role and then maybe a nice rookie that they could develop with him. I mean, we're talking about, like, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley kind of vibes I'm getting. Maybe not. Whoa, that, but, okay. You know. Dang. Bold. I, I would love that. If they can get with Jared Goff, I'm happy with that. All right. Very happy. Um, I mean, golf is not the best for fantasy, but I mean, say he leaves, maybe he becomes the two behind with Keenan Allen and uh, with uh, the Chargers, the two for the football team with Terry McLaurin. Um, that actually might not be too bad. Or, or I mean, if the Giants want to go like <laughs> Giants again, and all if the Giants want to go Kyle Pitts in the draft and then get Marvin oh, Jones, dude. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Acts like he wouldn't be overjoyed. <laughs> Oh, man. There's so many scenarios that I want the Giants to go with, and I'm scared that Dave Gettleman is going to mess it up. I'm looking at average ages for NFL teams on Spot Track, and the the Saints have by far the highest with 27.52 average age. What are the Giants? Uh, probably pretty young, I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, New York Giants, 26.37. So that's actually a little bit, a little bit on the older side. It's not like too old, but pretty. Hmm. Well, actually, no, it's about average. It looks like. Here Wait, I can no. sort. I can sort by average age. The Giants are the eighth oldest. Really? Yeah. That shocks me. I mean, you think about all the young <laughs> players. Wait, the entire Giants defense is young players. Well, I mean, think about like the back of their rosters. Yeah, but I'm. I think a lot of their starters, like you name their defense. There's Real Peppers, Xavier McKinney, James Bradbury is right around there. Then you have Leonard Williams, who's young. You have, uh, you have what's his name? Uh, why am I blanking? Shane Zimenez, who's another starter, who's young. And their other corner, all like three of their backup corners are all young. Then on offense, their entire offensive is uh, offensive line is young. And they've got Darius Slayton, who's young. Sterling Shepard is a little bit old. And you've got Daniel Jones, who's young. But Saquon Sterling Barkley, who's leave. young. You know, they're, yeah, I think the Giants true. are a young team. Well, the, what's, what I'm really, sta- what's really standing out to me, imagine being the Colts and already making like a really good run in the playoffs. And then they have the youngest average age. 25.41 is their average age. The second most cap space in the league. Oh, the Colts are sitting really nice right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Really, really nice. Um, So, I guess we talked about Marvin Jones. Corey Davis is sort of that Marvin Jones player who can be a two in places. I think we saw what he could do. He could be a back-end wide receiver two in places. I think he could continue that. But now let's move on to this guy. Bum, bum, bum! The most overrated wide receiver in football, Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Everyone's favorite, Juju Smith-Schuster. 
Going to be a bust wherever he goes. I mean, that's all you can say. There are a lot of different options for where he could go, though. Wait, you think he's going to be a bust wherever he goes? I mean, here's the thing. He's not that talented. Okay, well, here's what I think. Just possible destinations for Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, the ones that I would actually like. The pack. He's a good two. He's a really good wide receiver, too. I'll give him that. The Packers. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm in on Juju if he's on the Packers. The Bills. I mean, people might forget about John Brown, but I would like Juju over there. Anywhere mm-hmm. else, I don't. The Chargers, I feel like he'll be a little bit overrated just because of Austin Eckler's presence. Um, mm-hmm. And then you think about other destinations. The Texans, that's just a total dumpster fire over there. That's a spot where he could be a two. Other destinations where he might be a one. The Colts, no way. I'm not taking him as a one on the Colts if they don't have a quarterback over there right now with Phillip Rivers retired. The, um, well, I guess the Jaguars, eh. No, I, I would I would be out on the Jaguars because he'd be the one over there. The Jets, I would be out on that because he'd be the one over there. Um, who, what are some other destinations that were floated around? Uh, the Ravens. He'd be definitely overrated on the Ravens just because Lamar Jackson doesn't throw that much at all. Um, I'm looking around here and seeing, say, say Galladay and Jones walked. Uh, Detroit, no way, out, 100% out. Most of these destinations, I'm not liking Juju because Juju has never been a wide receiver one for a team. As a two in an offense where he'll get a significant target share, which is, by the way, very hard to find. I like it, which is why I like Packers and Bills. I know he could be that potentially in Houston, but I just don't I don't want to mess with that team right now. So I think most destinations that are possible, Juju will be overrated. There's only a couple where I would consider probably taking him in drafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Let's go. I'm glad to have someone on my Juju Smith-Schuster overrated train. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's I'm talk about you. a couple I of a, I don't think he can be a wide receiver one. But in a wide receiver two role, maybe he'll be okay. But definitely not a wide receiver one. All right. Well, let's talk about a couple of has-beens. T.Y. Hilton, a.k.a. T.Y. has-been. <laughs> and A.J. Green, a.k.a. A.J. Um... Okay, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton actually had somewhat of a resurgence this year, but he's mm-hmm. a free agent. I don't think the Colts are bringing him back. I just think he'll be he'll settle yeah. in as maybe a three for a team and be mm-hmm. maybe a guy you take in the late rounds of your drafts as a flyer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he comes, yeah. he might come back to the Colts, but he'll he'll be like a late round guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Scintillating analysis. Jeez, I can't, I can't, sorry, you you went really quiet for some reason on my computer. Let me turn it off for one second. Oh, wait, it was, it just, did, did that, like, is it better now? Yeah, it's better. Oh, okay, was it because you turned it up, or did it, was I actually, like, quiet on my mic? I don't know why, just, your mic just came in quiet for one second. That was weird, I could barely hear what you said. Oh, okay, so I can repeat it. I, yeah, I think it might have come in quiet on the uh, episode, too. Sorry about that. Sorry about our uh, less-than-professional sound quality for a second. Um... Uh, so, yeah, I was just saying that T.Y. Hilton, there's a chance he resigns with the Colts, but I think wherever he goes, he'll just be like a late-round flyer who has some upside against bad matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or good matchups for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. He's, an, he's definitely an interesting player that I think he could he could definitely serve a nice role as a complimentary guy on a team. Yeah, and same with A.J. Green. I'm, I don't know if A.J. Green's even going to go drafted in fantasy with the difference. He probably will be by some people because of name value. But, I mean, I, I don't – that doesn't really feel like a spot where the bang, I mean, the Bengals might re-sign him on a cheap contract. But I don't know if people are going to give him the target share he used to get. And, I mean, he actually got a good target, good-sized target share this year. He just didn't really deliver. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. And I think we saw it at the beginning of the season. Whew. He just struggled. I mean, he was literally being dropped after week four, and he was a player that was being like a, a fourth or fifth rounder being dropped by like week four and week five. And like that shows how bad he was. I mean, he really was yeah. doing nothing. So wait, is my mic better now though? Yeah, it's all good. Okay. Um, let's just talk about these last three guys. Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski, Jared Cook. Jared Cook's 34 years old. I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant anymore. He just sort of fell off the map. It's too hard to rely on in New Orleans with potentially Taysom Hill as the starter. And then, I mean, if Winston's there, maybe I'm back in for a little bit, but he's getting old. I don't know if he'll be re-signed. I mean, they might just keep roll with Troutman. Then Gronk, for me, is like a back-end tight end one. I think he's coming back to the Bucks next year, even though he is a free agent. Um, and then Hunter Henry is the most interesting one, though. I think that's the one we should dive into because he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you here. And, I mean, his value is really crazy, and I really hope he returns to uh, the uh, Chargers because I think that Justin Herbert really needs that lockdown option that he could look to. And if Justin Herbert is going to become a really good quarterback, I could see Hunter Henry becoming his Gronk. I mean, Obviously, I don't think they're, either of them are going to live up to those two players, but it could be a really nice combo. And I think that Justin Herbert uh, is going to enjoy throwing to Hunter Henry. He's been a really consistent guy, not only in fantasy, but also in the NFL. And so I think that he's just a really good option. And then if he doesn't resign, I think a lot of teams are going to be excited to get him because, again, he's a nice, consistent guy they can trust on a weekly basis, uh, unlike some players, cough, cough, Evan Ingram. And, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's I, I he he would be a tight end one probably wherever he goes. Uh, if he resigned with the Chargers, all the more reason to not like Juju if Juju goes there. But I doubt they get both. Um, mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he's a talented player. He's gotten hurt a lot in his career, but he's definitely the cream of the crop in terms of tight end free agents. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. All right, that's it. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SGF Pod at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF at SG Sports Talk. Email us secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com, secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com with questions, and make sure to review the podcast if you liked it. I mean, we're sort of revamping it this offseason. We're coming back better than ever. It's, I mean, I can't decide. Are we revamping or are we enhancing? Or are we doing both? Doing both. All right, sounds good. It's going to be a fun offseason. Um, thanks for listening. We'll do another two minute drill. We'll post the poll. Um, I'll actually schedule the poll to come out so that I don't have to have to like post it first thing in the morning. Um, and this episode releases on Monday. So happy Monday. I hope you can, this helped you get through your day. Um, so mm-hmm. thanks for listening. Yeah. Mondays are tough, but at least you got one break tomorrow, right? Yeah. And Oh, happy president's day to everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, wait, do you get that off from work? Uh, my parent, my dad does not get that off for work. I think some people do. Okay, yeah, I, I guess it. I mean, it's not like a required. My dad's work days. gives like no one off. He gets like the main <laughs> four holidays off every single year, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah. Happy President's Day. I mean, I hope you're having a good President's Day. Hope that's brightening your Monday. And um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Oh wait, oh, gotta. Oh yeah. Now I'm ready to play the outro. I wasn't quite ready to play it yet. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.